Hello and welcome to Alice is Everywhere. My name is Heather, your Wonderland and Looking Glassland guide. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but we're pretty intellectual here on Alice is Everywhere. We're very literary and cerebral and we talk about books and we go to the opera and we're practically a Victorian history lesson in every episode. Just so, so academic. You probably need to go watch some reality TV after listening to Alice is Everywhere just to ease yourself into rejoining the non-intellectual modern world. Anyway, I'm sure you guys have noticed what smarty pants we are here at Alice is Everywhere. We even use the royal we. But this week, spring is sprung. The sun is shining, at least in Southern California. So I thought, what better time to tell you how to host your own Alice in Wonderland tea party? Yay! Whimsy! Mirth! Good times! Most importantly, no research on my part, because I've already thrown a Wonderland tea party. I speak from personal experience. My tea party was for my birthday some years back. Gosh, how many years was it? Six! Ack! Anyway, it was not a milestone birthday. It did not have a five or a zero at the end. I just realized that I never really did much for my birthday and that my last actual party was at a roller rink 10 years earlier before the tea party. And I thought, by golly, I've always wanted to have an Alice in Wonderland tea party and I'm going to do it. Side note, if any of my friends are listening, they are probably thinking, wait a minute, never did anything for your birthday. What about all the times you forced me to go to Red Lobster? And this is true, I did have at least a five-year run prior to my roller skating party of dragging large groups of people to Red Lobster. But I don't consider a simple dinner involving Cheddar Bay biscuits, delicious as they are, to be an actual party. A big, fun, we're all dressing up and acting silly party. So that was my goal for my tea party. What's great about an Alice in Wonderland-themed party is that it works for all budgets. It works for all age groups, too, but right now we'll talk about budgets. You could totally do it on the cheap and have people bring their own teacups and drink Lipton tea and make your own decorations out of construction paper and maybe a pack of cards. You can do it on the expensive side and have it catered. You could have a million variations in between, depending on your cooking skills and willingness to wear costumes. My tea party was lovely, but unfortunately it was on the expensive side because I could not do it at home. I mean, it would have been possible, but I was too lazy to do it at home, let's say. I have always thought the absolute perfect setting for an Alice in Wonderland tea party would, of course, be outside, preferably under a large tree. In fact, let's set the scene, shall we? With the first two paragraphs of Chapter 7 from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, a mad tea party. There was a table set out under a tree in front of the house, and the March Hare and the Hatter were having tea at it. A dormouse was sitting between them, fast asleep, and the other two were using it as a cushion, resting their elbows on it and talking over its head. Very uncomfortable for the dormouse, thought Alice, only as it's asleep I suppose it doesn't mind. The table was a large one, but the three were all crowded together at one corner of it. No room, no room, they cried out when they saw Alice coming. There's plenty of room, said Alice indignantly, and she sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. So a long table under a tree with an overstuffed armchair is absolutely ideal, no question. Now, I live in an apartment building. There is no yard. My only real access, common areas, and the out-of-doors is a pool surrounded by dingy, broken-down lawn furniture. 
There is a large tree, but it's a palm tree, which doesn't seem quite authentic. But you know what? It just occurred to me, a poolside Alice in Wonderland tea party could be totally fun. You could have iced tea. You could play Lewis Carroll instead of Marco Polo. You could have a greased watermelon contest, but call the watermelon the snark because he's so hard to get. You can see who could swim the longest without getting his hat wet. Anywho, I had no desire to do that, so we rented the private room at a local tea house. Like I said, on the expensive side. We rented the private room and paid a certain amount per person, and a waitress brought in tiered trays of finger sandwiches and scones and pots of tea, and I didn't do a darn thing food-wise, except stick some toothpicks with little eat-me signs on some of the pastries for effect. Now, I think the first opportunity to make your tea party extra special is the invitations. I made my own, and I mailed them through the U.S. Postal Service. No electronic communications here. I Xeroxed the illustration of Alice, March Hare, Dormouse, and Hatter sitting at the table, and I colored it in with colored pencils. I believe some of them also had the picture of Alice talking to Cheshire Cat in the tree. Much to my chagrin, I do not have an actual invitation in my possession. I guess because I made them by hand, so why would I make one for myself? I believe the invitation just said, You are cordially invited to my mad tea party, the time, the place, which was the Tudor house, T-U-D-O-R, and the words costumes encouraged. Now, what I do still have is my list of anticipated frequently asked questions that I included with each invitation, which I'm going to read to you now. First, I'm scanning it to see if you need any additional information to make sense. Let's see. My husband's name is Matt. I believe I've mentioned that before. I included a playing card with each invitation. I was indeed of legal drinking age at the time of the party. You may have thought I was maybe around eight years old for my aforementioned roller skating party, making me 18-ish a decade later for my mad tea party. That's an understandable assumption, but no. I was in my 20s for the roller skating party and in my 30s for the mad tea party. Oh, and obviously you'll notice, you guys in the know will notice, that I dumbed down the Alice references a bit on the frequently asked questions. None of my friends are anywhere near as into Alice as I am. Or into her at all, really. A lot of them have only seen the Disney animated movie, so I dumbed it down for simplicity's sake and also comedic effect. Enough with the exposition. Here are my anticipated Mad Tea Party FAQs. Question. Are you kidding me right now? Answer. I'm completely serious. I want to have a Mad Tea Party for my birthday. Question. So I have to dress up for this thing? Answer. Well, it'd be nice. It is a mad tea party, for crying out loud. Now, the only folks in attendance at the original mad tea party were Alice, March Hare, Mad Hatter, and Dormouse. That's not a lot of choices, so feel free to dress as any resident of Wonderland you'd like. There's White Rabbit, Caterpillar, Cheshire Cat, Red Queen, White Queen, White Knight, Duchess, Jabberwocky, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the walrus and the carpenter, human playing cards, the mock turtle, assorted birds, insects, and rodents, the baby that turns into a pig. I'm pretty sure in Through the Looking Glass there's a freaking lamb that owns a wool shop or something. The possibilities are almost endless. Have fun with it. If you don't want to go all out, you could go abstract and wear something that has to do with chess or time or a playing card suit or something. Don't worry, if you come up empty, we'll have some spare rabbit ears and tweedle beanies and the like to distribute to those who arrive looking like normal human beings. Question. Can I be Alice? Answer. Absolutely not. I'm Alice. Question. What exactly does a mad tea party entail? Answer. All kinds of whimsy, along with a selection of finger sandwiches and Anglo-Saxon-sounding pastries. I also have some dork-wad things planned, and there will be door prizes. 
D-O-R-P-R-I-Z-E-S. Get it? Like the Dormouse. Door prizes. For winning. Question. That sounds fine and all, but I am accustomed to attending parties that include alcohol. Answer. Well, that's not really a question, now is it? Nevertheless, you are preaching to the choir, which is why I was thinking that immediately following the tea party, interested parties can accompany Matt and me around the corner to Ye Old Patio at Ye Old King's Head, where a merry afternoon of drinking alcoholic beverages will commence. Also, there is a rumor that there will be champagne at tea, but I can neither confirm nor deny that. Question. You mentioned Matt. He's attending this? Answer. He has agreed to indulge me, yes. I am nearly positive he'll be there. Question. I don't want to pay a lot for this muffler. Answer. Again with the statements. And don't be silly, you are our guest. For tea, at least. At King's Head, you're on your own. What am I, made of money? Question. Attending a mad tea party naturally lends itself to some obvious political jokes. And have I got some corkers. Mind if I unleash them at the party? Answer. Please refrain. Question. Fine. What's with the playing card? Answer. It's a whimsical surprise. Bring it to tea. All right, I'm exhausted. Any other questions, please email blah blah blah, or my cell number is blah blah blah. And please RSVP by Monday, April 11th, so I can give the nice British lady at the Tudor house an accurate head count. But I don't want to go among mad people, Alice remarked. Oh, you can't help that, said the cat. We're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. How do you know I'm mad, said Alice. You must be, said the cat, or you wouldn't have come here. So that concludes our Mad Tea Party Frequently Asked Questions. Spoiler alert, there was champagne at tea. If you are wondering if people, fully grown adults, indeed came in costume, we had a few. (laughs) Uh, Matt and I were in full-on Alice and White Rabbit mode. I had a store-bought Alice costume with the pinafore and all and wore some Looking Glass era striped tights. For some reason, Matt owns a jacket with tails. I have no idea why. So he wore that with some nice pants, and I got him a fuzzy white rabbit headpiece and a big Flava Flav plastic clock to wear around his neck, so he was all set. The most elaborate guest costumes were my friend Jen came as white rabbit with a vest and tie and bunny ears, so that was super cute. My friend Woody was a Tweedle with plaid pastel shorts and a bow tie. Woody's a bigger guy, so that looked fantastic. My future sister-in-law, Edie, made her own pink Mad Hatter's hat, which was amazing. A few people just came in elaborate hats, actually, which was fun. They were thinking of it as a Mad Hatter's tea party, so they went the hat route. Now, one couple had t-shirts made. The girls said, eat me, and the guys said, drink me. And I thought that was really creative and delightful. And you can use that if you're ever invited to a Mad Tea Party. But that did leave six or seven completely costumeless folks. But I anticipated this, and I had a few sets of bunny ears, a set of cat ears, a tiara with a heart on it, some plastic Tweedle-like beanies, and a giant Mad Hatter's hat to distribute. So everyone looked festive in one way or another. Most of that headgear was really chintzy from the party shop, but for some reason I got a big, green, expensive fabric Mad Hatter's hat, and I have no idea why, because that's really hard to store in an apartment. Kind of regret that one. If you want a fun idea for a Mad Tea Party couple's costume, I haven't actually done this yet because the only Mad Tea Party I've been to was my own, but I would love to see a couple dressed as a flamingo and hedgehog. How fun would that be? If you're wondering about the playing card, I told everyone to bring the playing card from their invitation. We had about 15 people, so we basically played a game of five-card draw. I know poker isn't 
very Alice in Wonderland-like, but I had read that doing this is like a good icebreaker. And I had a few work people coming who didn't know anyone, so I thought it'd be a good way to get everybody talking. So five people who were sitting near each other would combine their cards into a poker hand and discuss whether to draw or stay, etc. Other games weren't exactly games. I had a costume contest. The girl who made her own Mad Hatter hat won, by the way. I had two printouts, one where you matched up a character with a quote, and one was a multiple-choice quiz with an extra credit opportunity if you could answer why is a raven like a writing desk. Everyone did horribly, of course. For prizes, I got lucky at the Disney store. There were some Cheshire Cat mugs on clearance while I was there, so I grabbed a few of those. I also had a $3 paperback Alice's Adventures in Wonderland I bought on Amazon and a learn-to-play chess kit that was also very inexpensive on Amazon. So the costume winner and the victors of the word games got to choose from those prizes. If you're having a mad tea party for little children, you could always pin the hat on the hatter. You could have a caucus race-themed game of musical chairs, find an Alice-themed piñata. If it's near Easter, an Easter bunny piñata would work quite well. Or I see Etsy has several Cheshire Cat piñatas. You could actually put the animated movie on if you're sick of entertaining the kids. You could discuss existentialism and theorize about whose dream was it in Through the Looking Glass, Alice's or the Red King's. I'm kidding about that last one. Kids or adults, it's fun to yell, no room, no room, to any latecomers. I mean, that goes without saying. I'm not going to discuss food choices too much because I can't cook, and I think Pinterest has you more than covered. I think it would be hilarious to only serve tea and bread and butter, like at the OG Mad Tea Party, but I don't know how hilarious the guests would find that. Some sort of tarts is a slam dunk, of course. You've got a myriad of cookie cutout possibilities, bunnies, cats, hearts. I was at a Wonderland-themed event once with mushroom-shaped meringue cookies. Sticky, but delicious. If you're serving an actual meal, I think labeling something mock turtle soup would be fun. Maybe have some sort of oysters for a walrus and carpenter table. A talking pot roaster joint would definitely be hard to conjure. Really, you can serve anything as long as you put little eat me and drink me signs everywhere. The scrapbooking aisle at Michael's, the craft store, is a good place to buy little doilies and fancy bits of paper for your eat me, drink me signs. Again, if your goal is cute desserts, just search Pinterest and you will be overwhelmed with ideas. Pinterest is also good for decoration ideas. I bought some giant playing cards that I just kind of had strewn about the tea house, but that's about all I did. Now, I did not have a choice for the soundtrack of my tea party because I was in a, a public place. But if you host your mad tea party at home or in your yard, you probably want to set the mood with some music. A natural choice would be classical music from Victorian-era composers, although I did a quick Pandora search and not too many are in there, so maybe you'd want to enter someone earlier like Beethoven or Handel and Pandora. I'm sure they were still listening to their greatest hits in the Victorian age. You could do something very different from classical music and go all psychedelic. Start off with a little White Rabbit from Jefferson Airplane, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds from the Beatles, and then just generic psychedelic stuff like Incense and Peppermints or something. You could be very specific with your playlist and only play songs that mention Alice in Wonderland characters. That would take some work, but it might be fun. A few ideas to get you started. Goodbye Alice in Wonderland by Jewel. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's by Elton John. Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. Obviously, Google or Bing will be your friend in compiling this playlist. You could also have a tea-oriented playlist. One tea-oriented suggestion I've got for you is a song called English Tea by Paul McCartney. It was off a solo album from 2005 called Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. Now, you guys know I love me some Beatles, so of course I love me solo Beatles as well. 
this song is hilarious. And I was glad to hear a quote from Paul McCartney recently, basically stating that he knows it's hilarious. He got the idea for this song because when you order tea in England, apparently it always comes a certain way. But when you're in the rest of Europe, when you order tea, you have to specify English tea. I'd like some English tea, please. So he just set out to make the most British sounding song possible. And I believe he succeeded. Fun story. I went to see Paul McCartney in concert several years ago in Anaheim, California, and as a special, totally unexpected treat, midway through the performance, he announced that we were going to be hooked up by video, live, to the International Space Station, and he was going to play a few songs for the astronauts. And sure enough, there were the astronauts on screen, and I felt like those men must have thought this was going to be one of the greatest moments of their life, right? First of all, they're freaking astronauts, so that's awesome. They're in outer space. Amazing. And now a beetle is going to serenade them. I imagine they were expecting Hey Jude or A Day in the Life. Something monumental, right? Or at the very least, Good Morning, as it was very early morning for them. But no, this is the song Paul McCartney played for them instead. Would you care to sit with me for a cup of English tea? Very twee, very me, any sunny morning. What a pleasure it would be, chatting so delightfully. Nanny bakes, fairy cakes, every Sunday morning. Miles and miles of English garden stretching past the Oh my goodness, those poor astronauts. To be fair, Paul did sing them an additional song, the slightly more recognizable Good Day Sunshine, immediately afterwards. Very gay, hip hooray, on a Sunday morning. My tea party was on a Saturday morning, incidentally. 11 a.m., I wanted early afternoon, but the tea house was booked. Thanks for listening, everybody.
I hope you got some great ideas for throwing a mad tea party of your own. If you've had a mad tea party, I would love to hear about it. Use the contact form on aliceseverywhere.com or email me at heather at aliceseverywhere.com. Tell me on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Pin me? Can you even do that? Can you tag people on Pinterest? I'm not a very experienced pinner. One form of communication I may be eliminating soon is the comments function on Alice's Everywhere posts. I hate to do it, but I'm being absolutely deluged by spammers in my comments, so I may just go ahead and disable all comments. And if any of you have your own websites, you may be thinking, Heather, there's all sorts of plugins and safeguards you can use to avoid comment spam. I know, I'm doing all of it, but it's just relentless. And particularly clever miscreants can use the comments section for hacking attempts as well, so it may just be time to say goodbye to the comments. Most of you who do reach out tend to do so by email or social media anyway, so I don't think it would be a huge loss. Although I'll miss the comments from my mother, who uses her real name, so it's super obvious that most of the comments on my website are from my mother. Example, I'll have to look for those Alice in Wonderland slot machines the next time I'm in Las Vegas. Thanks, Mom. And thanks again for listening. Talk soon! On a Sunday morning, do 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 do.